Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Tzari Gimel. Um, I'm going to go from the fourth line. Tzari Gimel Amur Aleph 93a. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishma's Ben Sion Ben Zeev Avram Alevi, Meir Ben Shlomo and Avram Ben Meir. May their memories be a blessing and may their Neshamas have an Aliyah. Um, yesterday we were dealing with the uh, issue, uh, I don't know what it's an uh, issue, um, Abaya raised an interesting statement. He said, what? We, he, based on the sugi we had yesterday, but he says, we never find a mechitza that comes to oiser, that putting up a partition will cause an isur. I Generally, when you put up a partition, it permits things. It allows you to carry in the courtyard. It allows you to uh, to plant kilayim on either side of the um, on or right up to the fence on either side, etc. So putting up a mechitza generally permits things, and Abaya seemed to have as a tradition or a rule that we never ever find that a mechitza actually creates an issue. So we're having a whole lot of rabbis who are challenging this point of Abaye. So here's another one. So Omalei Rabba Bar Rav Chanan La Abaye, fourth line of Tzadik Gimel Amud Aleph. Rabba Bar Rav Chanan said to Abaye, says, Below Matzinu Mechitza Le Isur. You're telling me we don't find a mechitza that creates an Isur. I'll Give you an example. He says, For Hotanya, buy a of Makura, a of Makura. If you have a house that has half a ceiling and half does not have a ceiling, either the roof, let's say you have a, uh, a room and you have the roof reaches across halfway and stops. He says, Gafonim Khan, even if you have vines going all the way up to the roof on one side, Mutal Israel Khan, you can plant grain all the way up to the other side. The Ilu Hishve is Korov, and if you complete the roof, also then it would be forbidden. Why? What's happening here? When you have this roof that stops in the middle of the room, we have the concept, I think it's coming up in a few daf. or did we have it a while ago? Ptikra Yored Vesoisem, that the edge of the roof. We view it as extending downwards and forms a mechitza. Um, and therefore, if you plant, remember you're not allowed to plant vine and grain, or gra- uh, vines and plants right next to each other, but if there's a wall between them, a mechitza between them, then you can't. So if you have this roof that reaches halfway, you can plant grain all the way up until the until the edge of the roof which drops down and forms an invisible mechitza and you could plant grain all the way up to the other side if you carry on building are you complete the roof all the way to the end then it would be forbidden so we see that making a mechitza building onto this roof does create an issue you would have to leave a gap of four amos so he says no that's not creating a mechitza that's removing a mechitza are you remove? You have a p'tikriyorate v'soisem. You have that invisible wall created by the edge of the roof. And when you complete the roof, you're removing that. So, so that's what Abayah says. It's not adding a mechitza; it's removing a mechitza. Okay. Another question to Abayah's principle. Shalach lei Yeah. Just as I mentioned yesterday, one of the most practic, one of the practical applications of when we would rely on p'tikriyorate v'soisem, the roof drops down and forms a partition, is if you're on holiday and you have a front uh, porch. If it's covered, again, you have to look at the structure for the details, but in general, if it's covered, even if it's open to the rest of the area, which let's say is a karfei, if it does not have an eruv, whatever the exact scenario is, you would generally not be able to carry outside your house onto your front porch because there's no partition 
But if it's covered, you can often say, P. you view it as if the roof drops straight down and fences in your, your, your porch and you could carry on today on Shabbos. So that would be one uh, practical application of P. Tikriyore said to Abaye, uh, sorry, Sholachle Rovel Abaya Biadrav Shmaya Barzeira. Rovel sent a question to Abaya via Rav Shmaya Barzeira. He says, Velo Matsinu Mechitza Lisur. Do we not find a case where Mechitza creates Lisur? Vahotanya Yeshbe Mechitza Sakerim Lahakel Ula Hachmir. If you have a partition in the vineyard, it can be lenient and it can create, it can create leniency and it can create stringency. He says, Kate Sad. What do we mean? So he says, Kerem ha-noitad ikar mechitza zorame ikar mechitza v'eilech. If you, um, if you plant vines all the way up to the base of the mechitza, you can co- plant grain all the way from the base of the mechitza on the other side onwards. She'ilu ain't shom mechitza marchik dalet amos. V'zorah zehu, um, and if you did not have this mechitza, you would have to make a distance of four amos, and then only you could plant. This is where the mechitza creates a leniency. I, again, similar to the case there previously, but if you have a fence in the middle of a field, you can plant vines all the way up to the fence on one side, and from all the exa- right on the other side, you can plant grain or other plants. If, however, there's no fence, then you have to leave a space of four amos. It says, Lahachmir, where do we find that a mechitza creates a stringency? Lahachmir keitzat. says, Hoyo moshuch mina koisel yud alef amo. If it was 11 amos from the wall, loya vi zere lashom, you can't plant grain there. If you had the vans in this large field, all the way up to within 11 amos, less than 12 amos of the wall, you're not allowed to plant grain there. And if there was no wall there, then you just leave a, scape, a, a gap, a space of four amos. And you could plant grain. This is where a partition of a vineyard creates a stringency. Again, if there's no mechitza, you're just in the middle of the field, and you want to plant grain, you leave a gap of four amos and you can plant your grain. If, however, you're coming to a boundary in the field, a wall in the middle of the field, or the boundary wall of the field, you need 11 amos. If there's 11 amos, you can't plant grain, never mind four. So therefore, we see that a mechitza can create a stringency. So I'm an Abayah. Abayah says, actually, you can challenge me from a Mishnah. I, why, as we, we mentioned this yesterday, but remember, we have different collections of tonight teachings. We have different um, traditions of tonight teachings. And the most authoritative is the Mishnah. So Abai is telling Rav, the way you've learned this Brisa, another tonight teaching, you could actually challenge me from a Mishnah, which was, would be a better challenge. He says, Oh my lady, according to your understanding, challenge me from the following Mishnah. The Tnan, as we learned in the Mishnah, Karachas Kerem, a clearing in a vineyard. Beishama Omrim Chov Dalet Amos, or Beishilo Omrim Tezayin Amos. Beishama says it has to be 24 Amos, and Beishilo says 16 Amos. Mochel HaKerem, the perimeter of the vineyard. Beishama Omrim Tezayin Amos, Beishilo Omrim Yud Beis Amos. Beishama says it would have to be 16 Amos, and Beishilo say it only has to be 12 Amos. Let's see, the Gemara will explain what they are, and then we'll understand the spaces. It says, Beizuhi Karachas HaKerem, What's considered a clearing in a vineyard? 
literally a bald spot. What's a, what's a clearing? So he says, Kerem Shecharavim Tsoyes, if it's a fallow in the middle of the vineyard. Im Yeshom Tezain Amo, if there's 16 Amos there, Lo Yovi Zora. Sorry, Im Ainchom Tezain Amo, if there is not 16 Amos, Lo Yovi Zera, you can't plant grain, Lashom there. Hoyu Shom Tezain Amo, Noisein. If there is 16 Amos there, then you leave 4 Amos for Avoidus Hakerim, and you can plant grain in the rest. Let's just analyze it according to Beis Hillel to get it clearer. So, so just um, according to Beis Hillel, if you if you have this gap, you have this huge vineyard, and in the middle of the vineyard you have a fallow area, an empty space. And you want to plant grain there. So firstly, you need to leave four amos on either side by the vineyard, by the vines, before avoidus hakerim. Avoidus hakerim is they would go around with oxen and, uh, and wagons to collect the grapes and to do other work in the vineyard. So you need to leave that gap for working the vineyard. And then you also need to have what would be considered a field. If it's not considered a field, I not the minimum size of a field, well then it would be bottle, it would be ignored regarding the vineyard and it would just be like grain in a vineyard. So what would be the minimum size that is significant for a vineyard? So basically I'll say eight amos. So you need four amos on this side, four amos on that side, and eight amos in the middle. By Shammai hold you actually need um, 16 amos in the middle to be considered a field, anything less than 16 hours he holds in the middle of a large vineyard, he would hold his bottle. Now, what's considered the perimeter of a vineyard? It says, the area between the vines, or the vineyard, and the perimeter fence. You've got a little, you've got a gap, and you want to plant some wheat or something in your you've got a gap between your vines and the wall of your field, of your vineyard, and you want to plant some grain there. So he says, If there's not 12 amos, you're not allowed to plant grain there. You leave four amos for the work of the vineyard, and you can plant the rest. You'd actually also have to leave four amos for the wall because you're not allowed to plant grain right up to a wall because it ruins the wall. So you leave four amos for the vineyard, four amos, and you have a little strip of uh, wheat or whatever you're planting there of four amos. So, but again, what do we see? With the mechitza, we're going stricter than if there was no mechitza. If it was just in the middle of the field and you wanted to stop planting your vines and start planting wheat, you just leave four amos. And now we see if you've got a fence there, you're going to the end of the field, you need 12 amos. So that's what Abaya said to Rova. Why are you asking from a price? You could have asked from this Mishnah. This Mishnah also seems, seems to be a case where we're stricter by... because there's a mechitza. So, Abaya says the reason must be by the Mishnah, the call Dalit amos legabe keren, avoid us hakeren. Legabe geder... And by the field, um, since you don't plant there, it would be hefker. And 
If you have four between the area you're leaving for the fence and the area you're leaving to work on the vineyard, then it's a significant amount. If not, it would be bottled. I, a buyer is dismissing. He's saying it's not because of the mechitza that is that makes you need, that requires you to have. 12 amos as opposed to just 4 if there was no mechitza. He says it's not because of the mechitza, it's rather because of these other factors, I what's considered a field, you need to leave space for the avoidance hakerim, etc. but not to do with the actual mechitza. Okay, that ends that discussion and now we go on to a new point. Um, yeah. Now, the next case is going to discuss where Rashi explains, so yeah, that's just a diagram of the Avodah Sakharev. Rashi explains, we're dealing with three travelers. Well, let's read the case and then we'll explain it according to Rashi. Omar Rav Yehuda, Gimel Karfifo Zeh Betzad Zeh, Veshnaim Hachitsoinim Mugufofim, Vahemtsoi Eina Mugufof, Veyochid Bezeh, Veyochid Bezeh, Veyochid Bezeh. If you have three Karfifois, three open spaces next to each other and the outer ones extend further than the middle ones and there's an individual camped in each of them so let me, sorry, let me just uh, show you this diagram we're on about the we're about seven lines from the bottom of uh, maybe a bit more than Tzadi Gimel Amud Aleph 93a eighth last line so this is the case you have three Karfafes each of these people Rashi explains we're dealing with three people who are traveling and that's why they allowed to make the Karfaf out of just vertical or just horizontal either. so here the, these people made their Karfafs with poles but you could also make it by just putting ropes across I, a very inferior type of fence but it's fine because they're travelers now here's the one Karfaf in the middle and you can see the two Karfafs on the outer side extend that's the Gifuf the extension part, part of it. This is very similar to what we were discussing yesterday. If you remember, a large chotzer opening into a small chotzer. Remember, the, one of the main points of yesterday's daf we were discussing is let's just ignore the one side of this for the meantime. But if you have this, let's say this is a chotzer and this middle one is a chotzer, the influence of the outer one, the large one, extends into the middle one into the smaller one and we view it as if the um, as if the smaller one's almost just the doorway of the larger one that's how what we said regarding Chotzer and now we're going to show how that would have a ramification regarding the Karfaf as well so again so Rashi explains we're discussing travelers who set up um, these fences now if it's just one person, regarding the halachas of a traveler, if it's just one person, he's only he's not allowed to make the karfaf area larger than base sosayin to Beit Seya. If, however, there are three people traveling together, that gets the status of a shayora, a caravan, a whole group of people, and they're allowed to make the the karfaf 
as big as they need. I, if they have lots of animals or lots of possessions, they can make it much bigger than two bait sayer. So now, yeah. So now the Gomorrah, what the Gomorrah is going to discuss is, can we say these outer ones? Remember, their influence extends into the middle one. So can we say it's as if all three stay in the middle one, and they can make it as large as they need? not limited to two bait sayer. So let's go back inside the Gomorrah. Um, so the Gomorrah again asks this case, you have these two um, chatseros that extend out, two karfeifs uh, that extend out from the middle one, and you have an individual staying in each of them. It says, It's considered a caravan, i.e. a group of three people living together, and you can give them and you can allow them to make it as large as they want. Aye, since the outer larger karfes influence, their influence extend into the smaller one. Again, the smaller one is just like the doorway of the larger one. You can view it as if these two people who stay in the outer ones actually stay in the middle one and you have three people staying there so it can be as large as you as they need. Now, the Gomorrah asks, Emtsoi Magufa what happens if the middle one extends and the two outer one don't extend? And there's an individual staying in each one. So this is the current diagram. You see the middle one is a normal chotz, well, normal karfeif, and his influence extends into the two doorways on either side of him, the smaller ones. He says, "Ain't noisnim lohem, elo, sheish." He says they each only get six. Uh, together, they all they get six bait sayer. I two bait sayer each one, because uh, whichever way you look at it, his influence is extending into the smaller one. Whichever one, or even if you say it can extend into both, you only have two people staying in the outer ones and therefore again two people is not a caravan you would be limited to to bait sayer same if you had just one person so each person individually has two uh two bait sayer and just contrasting this case is since the outer ones are the main ones you can view them all you can view all three people as in the middle one because their influence the inner one is just the middle one, not the inner one, the middle one is just an extension, a doorway of both of them, so you have all three people in the middle one, whereas with this one you can't say that because he, it's the middle guy's influence extending into the outer one, but there's only one of him. Okay, that's, um, yeah, that's all we need for the meantime. So the Gomorrah says as follows, says, Ziboilahu. What would be the halacha if you have one in each outer one and two in the middle one? Do we say we view it as if the two in the middle go extend into the outer one on their right and the outer one on their left? And therefore you have three people in either outer ones, or both outer ones, and you should at least get as large as they need, I'm not limited to two bait sayer, but as large as they need, um, in one of those, if not both of those. That's the one possibility. Or do we say that 
one of the people staying in the inner Karfeith going to the one side, and one of the inner people of the Karfeith going to the other side. And in the end, all you have is two people in each of the outer ones. So that's the question. Another way of expressing it, can the outer ones be as large as they need, or are they limited because they don't have three people in it? And then it says, if you, if you want to suggest, maybe the answer to that question is, you have one, go, you say that, Sorry, um, yeah, that we only say one person goes from the middle to each side, so you don't ever have three people in one of the chatzeros. Um, what happens if you have two in each of the outer ones and one of the middle ones? Mahu, what's the there? Do we say there definitely you have whichever side you want to say that the influence of the middle karfeif extends, it would go to the out that, that would have three. Are there two in the middle? And they extend to the outer one, which has now has two. Or they're two in the middle, and extends to the opposite side outer one, and that will now have, sorry, have three. And therefore, at least one of the outer ones, if not both of the outer ones, should be able to be as large as they need. I'm not limited to two bait sayah. Or Dilma, or perhaps, Emur lahachanofik va Emur lahachanofik. They could theoretically go to either side, and you don't know which side they're going to. And therefore you can't say either of them have three people staying there. Because maybe they go to the other side. And if you want to say on that side it has three people staying there then, well, maybe they go to the other side. So therefore you can't. So, um, yeah. So do we say that the one person can go into... Uh, basically, another way of expressing this question is, do we say that the one can be viewed as going into other outer one, and therefore both the outer ones theoretically have three people staying there, and you can now make it as large as they need? Or do we say that he's either going into the one, or he's going into the other, and you don't know which one to count him as a resident of, and therefore you don't have three in any of them? That's the question. So the Gemara answers, The halacha is, all these questions, um, all the questions you've asked, you can go lenient. I both questions, you can go lenient. Whether, um, whether you have two in the middle and one in each outside, you can view it as if you have three in the outside and you can have multiple people staying there or you can say if you have one in the middle and two in each out in the outer ones you can also say in that case the one in the middle goes into the outer one and they can be as large as they need okay so that's regarding a karfeif going back on this principle that we started yesterday um, yesterday we learned it regarding a chotzer again that the larger chotzer opening into the smaller one you view the smaller one as just basically a doorway his rats his rishus his 
influence extends into the smaller one, and now we see the same principle with two carfakes next to each other. Omar Abchizda, Abchizda says, new point. Gerud Hamisha, Omachitza Hamisha, Aimet Starfim, you can't join a embankment to a wall. If the embankment is five Fachim high and the wall is five Fachim high, you can't join them together. Unless you have it all as a Gidud, all embankment, or all the Mechitza. If you look here at a diagram quickly, um, yeah, just before we go further to understand the next diagrams, uh, it just be easy. Brown means embankment. Um, what looks like the wall is a built-up wall, a built-up fence, and then the green is a chotzer ground, and the brown, the road, is the Rishush Harabim. That's not so important for us at the moment, but here, just an example, you see, so half the heart of the wall is Gidud, basically the ground, just because they're on different levels, and the other half of the wall is a built wall. Rav Chizda says you can't join them together to say that you have tent fochim. You need to have either tent fochim of wall or tent fochim of embankment. So Meisivay, the Gemara challenges this. If you have two courtyards, one above the other, either on different, next to each other, but they're on different levels, and the upper one is higher than the lower one of tent fochim. Now that case is easy because that's just embankment. It's, I mean, there isn't a picture here of it, but there's just embankment in that one. So therefore that would be fine. But he says, What happens if the boundary wall between the two chotzers is half made up of embankment and half made up of wall? Ma'arvim shnayim. You can make them as two separate Eruvs, but you can't make a joint Eruv. Why is that? Because if, remember, to join two Chatzeros together, well, firstly, each Chatzer, if you have multiple houses opening into that Chatzer, you need to make an Eruv, and they can each make a separate Eruv because we view this dividing wall, that's half Gidud and half Mechitza, as a proper wall, and therefore they can only make separate Eruvin. To make a joint Eruv between two Chotzers, you need either a wall or a window going between the two. So you don't have that here. So he says, Therefore they can only make two independent Eruvs. In this diagram it would be the Chotzer that we can see clearly, and the Chotzer closer to us but that we can't really see. And Pochus Mikan Ma'arvim if it's less than this, if you don't have this full tent fochim between the chotzers, then there's no boundary wall between the two chotzers. It would be as if they open straight into each other, and you would have to have, um, you'd have to have um, one large eruv. Because again, remember two chotzeros that open directly into each other, or fully into each other, would have to be. Um, would have to have a joint Eruv, you can't make them separate. Now, but what's the question on Rav Chizda? We see very clearly from this Brysa that if you have half wall, half the wall of embank, half the boundary as embankment and half the boundary as wall, it's a good mechitza, it's a good separation. So, on my Rava, Rava says, No, Rav Chizda agrees with the lower courtyard, 
the lower chotzer, that it has a good boundary wall, because when he looks at it, he sees ten tfochim. I, let's just go sorry back to the previous diagram. If you're standing where we're standing, and you look at this chotzer, um, if you're standing where we're standing and you look at this chotzer, what do you see? You see ten fochim. So he says, so for this lower chotzer, it's a very good uh, mechitza, and that would be separate. If you're standing where that guy in the diagram is standing in the upper chotzer, and you would turn around to look back at us, all you would see would be a wall of five tfochim. And that's what Rav Chizda is saying, it doesn't count as a good wall. So the Gemara asks on that, Well then, the bottom courtyard should only be allowed to make its own Eruv and not one large Eruv, including both of them. Why? Because, um, because he has a... We said that if the wall is less than 10 Fochim, um, he... Sorry, I'm reading it wrong. If that's the case, then the bottom courtyard should be allowed to make its own Eruv and not a joint Eruv. And the top one can't make any Eruv. The top one can't make an Eruv with the lower one, a joint Eruv, because the joint Eruv, the bottom one can't join it because it's got a good mechitz of 10 fochim. And the bottom one can't join the top one. Sorry, and it can't make its own Eruv because it doesn't have a good... Uh, a good machitza. And the Brysa said, the Brysa that we quoted, said that the top one and the bottom one can make independent Eruvs. So Omar Rabba Barula, Rabba Barula explained, no, what's the actual case? It's where the top one has these extensions that are 10 Tfochim tall. Uh, we have this bottom Chotzer, again with this wall, Girud of Fav, and wall of five, and the top one, when looking through that space, only has a wall of five. But on the sides, it has the wall built up higher. So the wall's built up higher, up to 10 Tfochim, as the diagram shows. The wall's built higher to 10 Tfochim. Therefore, as long as this space here is less than 10 Amos, the space between the two flanks is less than 10 Amos, it's as if you have a full wall, it's as if this upper courtyard has a full wall. And that's why the upper one can make its own Eruv, an independent Eruv. Again, this would not count because it's five Tfochim of Gidud and five Tfochim of wall, which according to Rav Chizda doesn't work. But there is these flanks, these extensions of proper ten wall, which allow the upper one to make its own Eruv. Oh, Ihachi, if that's the case, aim a safer, what about the safer? Pochos mikan ma'arvim echod ma'arvim shnayim. The, the last said, said, if it's less than ten tfochim, you can only make one joint Eruv, and you can't make two separate Eruvim. Says e boy chad ta'arev, e boy tre ta'arev. Uh, the way we've described the case, sorry, the way we've described the case like this, you should either be able to make one each courtyard makes its own eruv, or if this wall is less than ten fochim, each one should be able to make their own eruv, or they can make a joint eruv because they have this opening. Again, if this wall is less than 10 Fochim, the Gidud and the wall is less than 10 Fochim, then it's a doorway. And therefore, why can't they make one joint Eruv? 
So he says, Omer Abba Braderova, Kagon Shenifritza Tartoina Milua Leeliona. No, it's where the lower courtyard opens fully into the upper courtyard. What does that mean? As opposed to here how we understand we basically have two chatseras, kind of like our houses next to each other where the gardens are the same, the boundary wall, the garden extends the same size. We're dealing with more the case of a small chatser opening into a large chatser. So therefore, if you look from the perspective of the bottom chatser, um, in this diagram, if you look from the perspective of the bottom chotzer, there's just this and wall which is less than 10 fochem. So it's as if it opens completely into the higher chotzer. If you look from the perspective of the higher chotzer, well then you have four proper walls. You have the back wall and the two side walls and these extensions that go along which are 10 fochem high. So therefore the upper, so, so that's the case and that's why you can't make um, the bottom one can't make a separate Eruv. It says, oh, Well, if that's the case, the bottom one should only be allowed to make a joint Eruv and not its own independent one. But the upper, the higher Chotzer can either make its own Eruv or a joint Eruv. So, and that's not what the price has said. The price has said they can only make a joint Eruv. But according to how we've explained it, the upper one can make its own Eruv. It's got four, four walls and a doorway into the lower courtyard. So it should definitely be allowed to make its own Eruv. So, that is true. And when the price had taught that you're only allowed to make a joint Eruv and not a separate Eruv, that's actually a tachtoina that's going on the bottom chotzer. So this is, again, this is a case to fit in with Rav Chizda. Rav Chizda came along and said that if you have half gidud, half embankment and half wall, it doesn't count. He says, obviously, that's not when you're looking at it and you see a full ten tvochem of heart. That would be when you're looking the other way and all you see is five tvochem of heart of the wall and you don't really see the embankment. That's when it's insufficient. And then we had to deal with this brysa. How do you arrive at a case where... Um, where the case that it was speaking about with all these permutations, but um, and we end up modifying the brisa until we end up with this being the scenario of a upper chotzer which is larger than the lower chotzer and the lower chotzer, and it has uh, good walls and the lower chotzer for all intents and purposes it opens completely into the upper chotzer because it has a partition of less than ten fochim, which is as if it doesn't. Um, count at all. So now we bring another opinion. So that opinion was Rav Chizda who held that you can't actually join half embankment and half wall. Meremar says that no, if you have half embankment and half wall, they do join together. Eshkotai Ravina Rav Achabred Rava Ravina came across Rav Achabred Rava Omar Leitani Mar Midi B'Mechitza. Have you learned any of these halachas regarding a Mechitza? I do know whether we can view it as one or not, as a wall or not, if it's half-half. Omar Leilo, he says, I, um, I haven't learned anything regarding it. And the Gomorrah concludes, V'hilchasa Gidud Gidud Chamisha Mechitza Chamisha Mitzdarfim. The halacha is that if you have half embankment and half wall, Right, so in full you have 10 tfochim, you can count it as a proper mechitza. So it comes out according to the halacha, you don't have to join the, you don't have to join the, 
You don't have to go to all those complicated cases to explain the previous price. It would be straightforward. Um, now, just interestingly, this concept of mixing two valid approaches, do they work half-half? Uh, what do we say? According to Rabchizda, what do we say? If you have half, if you have full embankment, I just a drop of 10 him from the one courtyard into the next courtyard, that's good. If you have a wall of 10 him between the two courtyards, that's also good. But if you have half-half, it's not good. So this actually pops up in a few cases in uh, the Torah. One of them, interesting enough, is regarding Gittin. There's two ways that Chazal say, one is the primary way and one is a special Takona Bagitin, but there are two ways to verify a get. One is that the messenger says, or the two people delivering the get say, it was written and signed before me. That's what he said. If he says that, then, and he can say it about both Aiden, both the witnesses signed on the divorce document, then it's a good get. The other possibility is just that you, vary, you, you bring a divorce document and you get two witnesses to testify that those signatures are valid. That would be the other way. What happens if you have one signature verified by the people saying, We saw that get being written and this person signed on it. And the other signature, you get two witnesses to come and verify that that signature is valid. What would uh, um, that uh, is that a kosher validation? And if I remember correctly, I think the Gemara actually there says it would be the same as al sugya. Can you rely on half girud and half mechitza? Another interesting ramification where it comes is you can make a sefer Torah on veal or on cloth. Slightly different types of parchment. Um, the Rambam comes along and says, but you can't make a Sefer Torah of half gvil and half klaf. You either have to do it fully on gvil or fully on klaf. I think gvils are more, a, a better quality, but I don't remember exactly the difference between gvil um, and klaf. So someone who suggests that it's the same discussion. If you can do half-half, that's, uh, can you do half-half? Granted, one thing is mutar and the other thing is mutar. If you combine them, is it still mutar? Similar to our wall. Um, and that, um, but that others say the reason for the Rambam ruling it's also is not because it's half-half that make it not kosher. It's that it's not a beautiful Sefer Torah. It's not, uh, it's not the way to do it. If you're going to have these two different types of parchments, it's like using, uh, you want to make a book and you print half of it on that yellow paper and half of it on the white paper. It's not going to look nice. So you don't want your Sefer Torah to be like that. So it might have nothing to do with the classical halach of half-half. And another ramification would be coming up uh, more relevant is uh, Hanukkah. If let's say it's the fourth night of Hanukkah and you only have enough oil for two nights, should you light two candles with two with oil and two with... uh, wax candles or should you rather not light corresponding to the night or exactly what happens if you only have half of half can you join them together okay those are just some interesting ramifications of a similar concept where we find that if you have um, one way works and a second way works can you combine them to say that it works Okay, let's go on to the next question. If you have new residents in the Chatzar on Shabbos, would they make it also to carry there? Um, Rashi explains what's the case. He says, for example, if you have two Chatzaros, 
each had their own Eruv and the wall between them falls down. So now for all intents and purposes, you have a whole lot of new people joining in your large chotzer. Before it was just you and the three houses of your complex. Now that the joining wall of the next door complex has broken down, you have a whole lot of new people who have arrived on Shabbos. Um, so is that um, valid or not? So Omar Abchizda... Abchizda says, I'll prove to you from the following case. If you have a large chotzer that's completely open into a small chotzer. The people in the large courtyard can carry, but the people in the small courtyard cannot carry because it's like the doorway of the large one. As we discussed this uh, at length uh, over the last two days, um, again, the large chotzer, by the fact that it um, it has these extensions on either side. If you're standing in a large chotzer and you look around, you see the back wall, the two side walls, and uh, two front walls with a doorway between the smaller one. If you're standing in the smaller chotzer, when you look at the larger one, it just you just see you see your two side walls, your back wall, but there's no fourth wall between the chotzers. So that's the um, that's the scenario and it says there that the people in a small courtyard can't carry we see it's as if these new guests the wall broke down we have these new guests the people from the large courtyard now coming to stay in the small hot there because it's as if it's also theirs now and you can't carry so that answers our question so the Gemara says no Amar Rabba who says that that wall fell down on Shabbos maybe the wall fell down on Erev Shabbos. So, Why do you say, let's suggest? A rabbi said, let's suggest. I, we could say, or I, I want to suggest. I, he's not saying it with a lot of confidence. He's kind of, a suggestion is it could be the case is the wall broke down on Erev Shabbos. So, Pai says, why do you say it with such doubt? You have to say that the case of that mission is where it fell down on Erev Shabbos. Doha Marhu Omar Mar himself said, Boy Mineme Rafuna, Boy Mineme Rav Yehuda, they asked Rafuna, he asked, Rabba asked Rafuna, and he asked Rav Yehuda. Eruv Derech Pesach Venista Ma Pesach. Eruv Derech Achalom Venista Machalon Mahu. What's the halach if you made an Eruv between two courtyards because there was a door and something fell down and blocked the door? Or you made the Eruv through a window and something broke and the window got blocked? i.e. we know that if you have a boundary wall between two chatzeros, you're not allowed to join those two chatzeros in an Eruv, unless there's a doorway or a window, or four by four tvochem, unless there's an opening between the two. What happens if in the middle of Shabbos, the doorway or the window for, um, got blocked? So now you don't have the opening to join the Eruvs. Would you still be allowed to pass things over the wall? So for Omar Li and they said to me, Shabbos Kivan Shehutra Hutra. They said once you were permitted to carry at the beginning of Shabbos, you can carry you can continue to carry. I what's Pshat, what where are we holding at the moment? We'll carry on with this discussion tomorrow, but we'll end off with this aspect. Is Rabbi they bring in this principle that if you started off Shabbos with an Eruv and you were allowed to carry even if on Shabbos something happened to the Eruv and it broke, 
you would be allowed to continue carrying um, um, you would be allowed to continue carrying on Shabbos because since when Shabbos came in you were allowed to carry you can continue um, and that's why with this case of the two courtyards the large one and the small one and we say you're not allowed to carry in the small one if you're understanding it as we've just explained it you have to say that the wall between them broke down on Erev Shabbos because if it broke down on Shabbos just as the small one were allowed to carry when Shabbos started they would be, they would still, even on Shabbat, um, they would continue for the rest of Shabbat's being allowed to carry, even though the boundary wall broke down. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today.